0: Well, hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Events with Benefits, a podcast designed to help nonprofit organizations like yours raise more money, get your stress levels down, and we want you to achieve greater success at your fundraising events. I'm Danny Hooper, your co-host on the show here. I'm actually kind of the, well, I'm the quarterback and I'm the chief of security around here. I'm happy to report we've yet to have a major security breach. On events with benefits. I'm joined here at the world headquarters of Winspire in sunny Southern California by my co host from Winspire, Ian Loth, and Renee Zell. Say hello, Ian. Well, how are you doing, Danny? Fine, thank you. Say hello, Renee.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Hi Danny.
0: <laughs> hey, we had a we had a great podcast. We just finished recording a fabulous uh, podcast with a very interesting lady. Her name is Lori Hockman, and she's the marketing coordinator for a company called Octria. Now, uh, as a fundraising auctioneer, one of the questions I have from my clients is, is there a kind of a one-stop shop where we can go Uh, where we can find software that will help manage our event, uh, get guests registered, ease the cash out uh, at the end of the evening, help us better organize uh, every aspect of our event. And I have to tell you, I was totally surprised at how robust this particular uh, platform called Octria is. And we should probably clarify here at the beginning of the show, um, sometimes our episodes get sounding maybe a little salesy. We don't get anything at all from these different companies that we have on events with benefits. That's not our intent. Our intent here is simply to make you, the nonprofit event organizers out there, aware of all of these tools that are available out there in the marketplace. It's a very cluttered playing field. It gets confusing. So uh, we try and and direct you where we know you're going to get the answers you're looking for.
2: Yeah, that's great, Danny. And and this is definitely one of those places. I mean, uh, Lori talks about this uh, software called Octria, formerly Charity Fundraising, Charity Auction auction (laughs) Organizer. Um, And you can tell, you know, this, this program or software, whatever you want to call it, was uh, really built from the heart you know it was built out of a place of you know of need for these local schools local organizations uh, that were really looking for a way to optimize their operations on the back end how to organize their data uh, organize the auction because it can as many of you know out there it can just be an absolute nightmare if you 're doing everything manually you know the analog uh, bid sheets excel sheets trying to manage everything yourself uh, there's just so much opportunity to to really streamline this and use technology and that 's really what they 've built here and so uh, Uh, This is a great conversation that Danny had with Lori, uh, you know, really talking through some of those uh, opportunities for uh, leveraging technology and just kind of talking about the event fundraising landscape in general. Uh, So definitely stick around. Some great, great stuff to come ahead.
1: Yeah. And it was nice to hear Lori's own personal experience uh, transitioning her own child's school auction from purely in-person to online also. And, you know, not everyone's going to want to do that. But you know her experiences and what she found helped uh, was useful. I actually also liked the point that you know I've actually used Charity Auction Organizer before they were rebranded as Auction, and even after that too, uh, myself. So it's another one of those platforms I have direct experience with, and really was impressed by uh, the cost effectiveness of their platform and you know as balanced by all the features they have. Um, they've updated a lot of it to even include um, really key tools to make social media sharing more e- you know easier and more effective and um, And I think, you know, just learning about all the different updates, which I know are constantly happening with all these different platforms, but, you know, what makes them unique, including some help selling tickets and um, other things that maybe even just purchases at your event is uh, good to know about.
0: Well, organizing a successful fundraising event is a big job. And as we know, any job is easier if you have the right tools. So let's take a look at a great tool right now called Octria. Well, Laurie Hawkman, let's uh, start right at the beginning. Uh, your company is called Octria. Now, I thought that Octria used to be called Charity Auction Organizer. Is that right?
3: You've done your research, Danny.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember you from years ago.
3: <laughs> yes, Charity Auction Organizer was the original name of Octria, and about a year and a half ago, we switched over. Um, to the name Octria, figuring it was a little broader of a term. A lot of groups called us and said, hey, do I have to be a charity to use your software? And the answer was no. So to kind of eliminate that on the front end, we've kind of gone with a broader name. Um, so any group that is looking to raise funds can use Charity Auction Organizer in the past, but currently Octria.
0: Okay, so what, what exactly is Octria?
3: Octria is an online program, web-based, that is the auction engine that you use to run your entire auction process. So this is from your very first donation to your last receipt, you will run all the systems and all the processes for your auction fundraiser.
0: All right. And does this work throughout North America? In the U.S. and Canada?
3: Yes, yes. Um, We actually have people that use our software, or it's actually web-based. You don't have to download anything. So anybody with any sort of Internet connection. So we actually have a bunch of users in Australia and the U.K. and all around this great, wonderful world.
0: All right. So um, is this for live events or online auctions or both?
3: That's the best part about Octria, and that's one of the reasons we changed the name also, because the features have expanded year after year. Um, you can use Octria for a live event, a silent event, or an online event, or a combination. Um, some groups will do an online event kind of as an appetizer to their live and silent event, where they're using Octria to sell their gala tickets to the event, or they're trying to pre um sell front row tickets to the event or parking or things along those lines and then use it as their silent and live. But it's a very flexible tool in that you can use it for any three of those singularly or in a combination.
0: All right, very good. Let's talk about some of the features inside Octra. You mentioned ticket sales. So you actually have a ticketing, uh, ticketing service available right as a part of your platform?
3: Well it's actually quite broader than that It's actually a product sale tab so some people will use it as a um, as a piece for selling their tickets to the event. Some will use it for food and raffle and drink tickets some will use it as a ticket um, or a or a for sale for you know t-shirts if they're doing something special for that event it, it, It's completely up to the user to use it in the way that best fits their group.
0: Let's talk about registration of guests uh, either prior to or at the event. How do you handle that?
3: That's such a great topic because so many people ask that question because that seems to be a pain point for a lot of groups. Oh my gosh, what happens when they all show up at the front door at the same time? Um, You can do it one of two ways. The best part about Octrea is there's so much flexibility. Um, We've been running auctions or groups have been running auctions with Octrea for so long that everybody's always asked all these questions. So we've put in a lot of features. Um, So to register for the event, people can either pre-register ahead of time by purchasing their ticket and then leaving their credit card on file. And at that point in time, You know, when you show up at the front door, you give your name, you get your bidder number, and you're on your merry way. And then the people that are, you know, volunteering or administering the program can just put a little checkbox that you've arrived or you to transfer that in. Um, So there's a lot of different ways. You can upload Excel spreadsheets into Octria, so you have your raw data in there, and you, you can use that to go from or, you know, just let people register online, which is what most groups do. They do a pre-registration online because they're selling their auction tickets and they're promoting it and Facebook and Twitter and all that fun stuff. So,
0: Lori, let's um, talk about social media and its yeah. role in doing some of the marketing prior to your event. And does Octria guide nonprofits into the most effective use of social media to promote their event?
3: I would love to answer that question for you. On the Octria website, there's an area called Octria Articles. And in that are articles that are evergreen, that are always helpful, talking about how to run an auction fundraiser. And there's a few of them that are actually focused on social media. Um, And then in addition to that, we have our news or our blog articles, which are more current. And we're always updating it with Information about social media. In fact, recently we ran an article about how to use um, the Facebook ads and we highlighted one of our groups out in um, southern, southwest Washington actually, and they had used Facebook advertisements and they had their videos and we highlighted them and then there were a bunch of notes in there. How can I do this for my group type thing? Um, Another example is using Snapchat filters. Groups have been using it or or, um, organizations have been using it commercially. You know, you go to the, well I live in South Florida, so when we go to the Marlins game and you go on your Snapchat filter you can see the, the score of the game and you can post it to your site. Well, there's a opportunity for groups fundraising groups to use the geo filters for their local events for their few hours that it's going on so we've done articles on those also so we have some to go back to your question we have a lot of evergreen articles that are kind of um... informative that will last you know give you a lot of information the evergreen articles are good all the time um, the blog articles are current and hot and discusses new trends.
0: All right. And let's talk about some of the trends out there in the fundraising space. What are some of the exciting new things uh, that you're seeing out there that are actually driving dollars to the bottom line for nonprofits?
3: you know what using social media just like you said going back and having access to your past users your current users and potentially your future users the cheapest marketing dollar that I think you can find right now is through snapchat filters but that's at the event but prior is through Facebook Um, and I don't know how much you guys have really discussed on this topic but it could be its own podcast for sure but the way facebook allows you to segment your advertising you can really hone in on people that are specific to your group and your love and your cause and target those people right where they are you know naturally in their facebook feed so I see that as a huge opportunity Auctria has made that easy for anybody that's using the program. Whenever you're in the actual fundraising um, online catalog, next to every single item, there's a little button on it that says share to Facebook, share to Twitter. So instantaneously, if I'm bidding on something or I'm interested in it or I just want to share it with some of my friends, I can click on that button and it'll get shared directly to my Facebook feed. So, obviously, the more shares you get, the more opportunities you have for bidders, and the higher the, the bids go for your auction items.
0: Lori, what's your advice to your clients who call and ask the question, how do we sell tickets to our event? Now, I mean, I'm not talking just physically how do we sell the tickets, but how do we find people to sell the tickets to?
3: Are you talking about um, brand new people that have never heard of your cause before? Well, let's say well, it's talking just per- about reengaging. Yeah,
0: let's just say it's an annual event and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's a service club uh, fundraising, annual fundraising auction. But it seems every year the same question recurs. They say, how do we how do we get tickets sold to our event? How do we get people convinced to buy a ticket?
3: How do we fill these seats? And
0: even new people. How Um, do we fill these seats? And and more importantly, how how do we put the right people in the chairs that they're going to come and actually support that night?
3: Well, that actually needs to go back six months in advance. I think you need to start talking, well, actually a year before. If you're at the event, you should have your date set up for the following year. That way those people know about it, they hear about it, they're putting it in their calendar. But then I think the marketing really starts six months prior. Save the date. Here's what we do. A lot of storytelling, a lot of hero picture sharing. Um, You want people to be engaged and have a reason to believe in your cause and find a reason to connect with them emotionally. Then you can go ahead and ask them to support it financially. So you got to get that win for the cause itself first before you can ask them to open their wallets.
0: All right. Wanted to talk to you Lori. about, uh, we talked about the front end, getting guests pre-registered for the event and how Octria actually helps, assists in making that an easier task. Uh, We talked about registering them right on site when they show up at your event. What about the back end of the event at the end of the evening? And This is what causes so many organizations so much stress, creates a lot of unhappy customers at the end of the night when there's an hour, an hour and a half line up at the checkout to pay for their items.
3: You're totally right. If I can share with you personally, before I started working for Octria, I actually used the program for many years in our school, my son's school, and we used to run into the same exact thing. We would run off sheets, we would use our our squares, we would try to swipe credit cards. It was literally hellacious, trying to get through the mass of people that now are ready to leave and leave with their goods. Um, the best part about using Octria is that everything is streamlined. Once you put in the donor, you put them in once. Once you put the item in, you put it in once, and then it all links everything together. So as the auction closes out, and we try to do it in chunks of of, of um 20 auction items at a time. That's what I recommend to people. You do um, either by category or by time or something along those lines. So the admin people are actually putting in the final bid, the final bid, the final bid, which is clicks of a button because everything's already preloaded in there. And then you hit one button and you do a massive bulk checkout. And you can email receipts directly to the person. They're sitting at their seat eating their dessert and they can pay right then and there. Or they can come up, and if they want to give a check or a credit card or something separate than that, then they can make separate arrangements. Um, But that's the best part about Octria, streamlining everything from, I always say, from first donor to last receipt, because it all flows together in one continuous fashion.
1: Thanks for that, Laurie. Um, So I found it interesting that you actually did tell me that your school group stopped the silent auction moved to online only uh, because I guess the cost of the event itself started to feel like it was increasing and getting prohibitive. And obviously, you know, doing an online only has the potential to increase your volume of bidders, but it's also a little harder to get that engagement because you're not right there in front of them in person. Um, would you be able to share some tips? about that transition and how you've been able to maintain or increase bitter engagement?
3: Absolutely. is that It was actually a scary piece to do. We were very nervous about it for those exact reasons that you just outlined. Will we be able to engage these people? Will we still have the right amount of people? Retrospectively, I'm, I can look at the data and see the amount of people that showed up to the event, the, the people that um, bid on everything at the at the silent auction, and then look at the people or the volume of people that did it online, and it significantly increased from our gala event. And I think it was because of our particular school, and they didn't want to have to pay for an event and babysitting and you know plus 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 and then come in and spend money and continue to open their wallets even more versus if they take that money from the event and they put it towards what they're bidding then the net gain is larger for the group Um, it was a scary piece and we actually tested it one year Um, for instance one of the major um, theme parks in florida here will donate uh... tickets to to their theme park And so we put, and they they usually offer four. We did two as an online auction, and then we did two at the event, and we compared them. And there were a couple of things like that that we were able to kind of test market. Um, So we kind of did it as an appetizer to the event. Hey, come see what's on our catalog, early bidding on a couple things, that sort of thing, um, to just kind of test the waters. And then when we realized that the online pieces, not only were getting higher bids, we're also getting a higher volume of bids. That's when the following years, we retroactively looked at our data said, hmm, I think it's time for us to go online exclusively. So we took it in baby steps, um, but knowing what I know now, I feel very confident recommending to people if your auction... Uh, Gala, party, you know, um, expenses are at a point where it feels prohibitive, then you may want to consider an online option in lieu of that completely.
0: Lori, you've talked a little bit about your, your back end or backroom analytics and data. Uh, what's available on Octrea that actual nonprofit users can access to qualify and quantify their results?
3: That's one of the really cool things about Octria also. We have a lot of reports that are already preset, templated up, things that you're going to want to touch all the time. Um, there's always a dashboard that shows how many items are in, how many bidders, what your retail value is for your, your auction, you know, ahead of time. During the auction you can see the bids coming in if you're doing it online or if you're adding stuff in and you can see that tallying up and then at the end of the auction you can see what the final figures are. There are reports that are already set up that have just your most common things, your top bidders, your top items, you know, but it's very easy to drag and click in um, just fields back and forth of what you want to evaluate, so depending on what you're trying to analyze, you can click and choose the fields that are relevant and you my school in particular, now I go back to my PTA hat um, used octria for so long that we had our data from year after year, so we were very um, Able to pull that information, put it in a quick little spreadsheet, look at it on paper, and say, huh, this is what we need to do going forward.
0: Lori, I would like to talk to you for a moment about a very important component and growth area in the nonprofit live event space, and that is your fund a need, fund an item, cash appeal, paddle raise. It has different yes. names, but we all know what we're talking about. Does Octria mm-hmm. have uh, any support there?
3: Absolutely. And that also comes under the product code. So you're talking about actually at an event, we really want to make sure that we build this shelter for these dogs, give us $200, raise your paddle if you believe type thing, right?
0: You bet. Or... I'm an auctioneer, I'd say $20,000, I always start the cash, right. I always start the fund a <laughs> need or fund an item, I always, the first thing I say is, is there anybody here tonight, I'm going to be bold, anybody that would just donate a million dollars so we can be done with this and we can get on with the dance.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to break the ice. Um, so that falls into the software under product also, you would actually set that up as a, as a, as a product item. Um, as fun a need and you would put in there any increment you want or multiple increments 25 50 100 Do you start high and go low? Do you start low and go high when you do your your piece? Um, you know different auctioneers do it different ways
0: So you're setting that up prior to the event then and what happens as exactly. bid card numbers or paddle numbers are being called out They're simply being input by somebody at the event into Octree. Is that correct?
3: Correct correct you have a spotter they write down paddle number 415 200 bucks and and then they you know you see the next paddle number 618 400 bucks jot it down and then it just gets dumped into the system by paddle number by bidder number excuse me um, and then it all rolls together so that at the end of the night if bidder number 414, raise their paddle for 250 bucks but they also bought three raffle tickets and they also bought four drink tickets and then they also bought a a bottle of wine off the wine of wall it's a one-shot checkout deal.
0: So you're enabling guests at the event to purchase even raffle tickets and drinks using their bid card or paddle number is that right?
3: provided they're legal in your area.
0: Right. Well, let's (laughs) talk about that for a second. Where is it legal to actually allow guests to purchase drinks and raffle tickets? Uh, Can you say is that an easy question to answer?
3: You know what? It's not because it's very localized. Um, For instance, some of the schools aren't allowed to do raffles, uh, at least the ones in the state of Florida, because it's considered a uh, game of chance and they can't do that on school property. Sometimes they'll kind of wiggle around that when they're off school property and do something um, or not call it a game of chance or not call it, you know, they'll call it a chance to a, you know, a, a, where, where there's a guarantee winner of some sort with it, where you would give away something with that raffle ticket. So it's not completely a game of chance. Um, and then, of course, you have to talk to your vendors that are serving your drinks and your food and make sure that they're licensed properly and all that good stuff to make sure that everything is on the up and up and and licensed
0: Right. I could certainly see the benefit, though, in not having to ask guests to repeatedly through the evening, reach into their pockets. People become much more aware of how much they're spending. And I know from the limited experience I've had at events where people are allowed to purchase raffle tickets and whatnot on their with their bid card number or paddle number, that the sales do definitely increase
3: absolutely why do you think uh, why do you think um,
0: i don't think about uh, what i don't casinos, think much about it casino,
3: ca- <laughs> why do you think casinos use chips all the time you know they don't want you pulling out your money they want you spending your chips it's a, it's a it's a emotional disconnect almost
0: yeah absolutely funny the the, the human psychology and how it plays into it
3: exactly
0: Lori, uh, we always, what we're doing here at Events with Benefits, and I know today's podcast, uh, with a number of our podcasts, maybe starts to sound a little uh, like a you know, sales pitch or a little salesy. That's not the intent here. Our intention is just to introduce our listeners to the broad range of products and services that are available out there uh, to help them improve their results financially, get their stress levels down. We always try and promote the concept that there's a big difference. Between cost and investment, and where does Octria lie on that that scale between cost and investment?
3: Well, Octria was built from the heart. The gentleman that built the program ran into the same things that we did in our schools. And realize there's got to be a better way to do this. So if you look at the pricing for Octria, we're not out there to make a buck. We're not out there to take a piece of the action. We're not out there to um, upsell you constantly. Octria is just there as a tool to streamline your auction so that groups can make the most amount of money that they can with their auction fundraising system. um, with With their bidders and their donors. What I find um, interesting is that with the Octria system, and this is what I always loved about it, is you could go in and you can tool around with it as much as you want. We're never gonna ask you for your email address. No salesperson is ever gonna call you. You can try it out for as long as you want. Even if you wanna just run a small auction with it, there's a light version that Octria would be um, appropriate for. So uh, we're really in it for you to do a whole lot of really good stuff.
0: All right. And uh, what about currency exchange? You mentioned you've got clients now all around the world. Um, you know, I'm based up there in Canada. If we're using it, it is, will it convert mm-hmm. currency?
3: Yeah, that's no problem. We use Stripe or the the, the credit card integration company that Octria uses is Stripe. And they convert back and forth, no problem.
0: All right. Very interesting. Well, is there anything else uh, you'd like to share with us here today, Lori?
3: Um, I would like to share with you, if your guests want to email us, hello at octria.com. we would be happy to email you back a comprehensive auction timeline and checklist. I'm telling you, we will not start marketing you. We just want to give you the information so that you can do a lot, a lot of... Good things for your cause. Um, we'll send you a timeline and a checklist. It goes over from 12 months out to the day of the event and a checklist for the day of, what you need to do, when you need to do it, um, with a little checkbox next to it. You can share it with your teams and you can stay organized for your entire auction process.
0: All right. Sounds good. Well, did you have anything else that you wanted to add, Renee or Ian? No. They're both sitting here with their jaws dropped open. You've shared a lot of good information. I I guess what I found most impressive here is that it it very much to me sounds like, Autry, is just your one-stop shop. If you're planning any kind of a live fundraising auction event or an online auction. And we really appreciate you. Uh, sharing your time and your valuable knowledge with us here today Lori, and we applaud you for what you're doing out there and uh, you're just really helping people in the nonprofit space answer a lot of the questions that are really burning questions in the minds of a lot of these organizers and any as I said earlier anytime uh, here at events with benefits that we can help streamline the process remove some of the stress and help the nonprofits make a little extra money that's what we're here for so uh, thanks very much a pleasure chatting with you
3: it's my pleasure thank you for your time
0: Thanks for listening to the show this week. For show notes, special offers, or to listen to previous episodes, you can visit us at eventswithbenefits.com. Please also consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. And if you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and write us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at hosts at eventswithbenefits.com. We'll see you next time.